0: Our text this afternoon will be taken from Genesis 12, the first five verses, and so I'd like to read that with you once again. Genesis 12, verses 1 through 5. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house To the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was seventy five years old, and he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. So far from our text. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I understand that you also have begun a series of sermons in the book of Genesis in the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1. And what you find in Genesis chapter 1 is that the Lord God Almighty creates a world, a wonderful world. At the end of the six days of creation, he sees all he has made and he declares that world to be very good. God makes a beautiful and a good world. But of course, as you know, as you turn the page to Genesis chapter 3, things don't continue the way that God had designed them. Adam and Eve, at the instigation of the devil, fall into sin. And in the midst of God's good world, evil and wickedness appear. Of course, God makes that gospel promise already in Genesis 3 verse 15, where he says that the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent... But as you carry on in the book of Genesis, from chapters 4 to 11, you see a lot of wickedness. Chapter 4, Cain rises up and kills Abel. At the end of chapter 4, you meet this man named Lamech. He too kills a man out of revenge. Revenge, which he says is 77 times, if Cain's was only seven. God sends the flood because the wickedness of mankind had become so great Yet even after the flood, the intention of man's heart is only evil from his youth. And you get to Genesis chapter 11, and people, instead of glorifying the name of God, desire that their own name be glorified. They go to that plain, and they start building a tower, the Tower of Babel. They want to make a name for themselves. And so we can see, congregation, that these first chapters of Genesis are really begging the question, What happened to this good world that God had made? Where is this blessing that we might expect from this good creation that God has made? Well, when we turn to chapter 12, we start to see the answer to this question. You wonder, what is God going to do? How is he going to bring goodness and blessing back into the world while he's doing it right here? Genesis chapter 12, God acts... And in the midst of this evil, in the midst of the wickedness of mankind, he comes to Abram. And what does he say to Abram? Well, he says, I am going to bless you. Even though there's wickedness in the world, even though Abram himself is surrounded by evil, as we'll see, God comes to him and says, no, but I will bring blessing. And not only to you, but in you, even all the families of the earth will be blessed. Also this afternoon, congregation, we sit here among the families of the world who have received their blessing through Abram. This passage is speaking to us. And just as God had called Abraham to follow him in faith, to go from his land to this promised land, so also God this afternoon calls us all to follow him in faith, to follow him through this life because he is leading us through this life to a life of blessing. And so we have as our theme this afternoon, God calls Abram to a life of blessing. There are three points. First, the gracious call. Second, the promise of blessing. And third, the response of faith. And so I've hinted at this already, congregation, but ask yourself the question, do you think that Abram was worthy to be called by God? Was Abram, in some sense, more righteous or more upright than the people around him? Now, it's true that we don't learn a whole lot about the life of Abram before this chapter, but we do get a few hints in Scripture. One of those hints comes to us in the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 24. And Joshua makes this comment about Abram. He says in Joshua 24, verse 2, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates, Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, and then listen to this, and they served other gods. What was Abram doing before the Lord God called him? Well, he was serving other gods. You ask yourself, is Abram going to be worthy in any way of this call of God? Well, it doesn't look that good at first, does it? And you can think, too, of what we learned in... Genesis chapter 11, about his wife Sarai. Sarai was barren. And God had promised in Genesis chapter 3 that it was going to be the seed of the woman, the child of the woman, who would bruise the head of the serpent. And here we have Abram and his wife Sarai, and they don't have any children. She's barren. How are they going to help God in any way in his plan of salvation, this blessing which he will bring? So I think we can see clearly, congregation, that Abram is not someone who deserved to be called. Abraham is not someone who was worthy of the call of God. And as we sit here this afternoon, too, brothers and sisters, we can ask ourselves the same question. Is there anything about me, is there anything about you, which would make God want to call you? Are you... Worthy, somehow, are you better than people in the world outside? Well, of course, we know the answer to that question, and the answer to that question is no. We, like all of mankind, have been affected by the fall into sin, which happened in Genesis chapter 3. We're born with that sinful nature. We desire to do anything besides worship God. We too, if left to our own, would we just like Abram, worshipping something else? There's nothing in us that makes us worthy to be called by God. And yet at the very same time, we're all sitting here this afternoon, aren't we? We're here in this church building and God is proclaiming the gospel of grace to you. And in a sense, he is calling you once again to take hold of his gospel promises and respond in faith And the question is, why is he doing that? You aren't worthy of it. I am not worthy of this. And yet God does it because he is a God of grace. This call of Abram and this call which he extends to us is nothing but a call of grace to unworthy sinners. And if you think about it, congregation, what else we have here in our text this morning is really God showing how he chooses people, how he elects people to salvation. And we know about this doctrine very well from the Canons of Dort. Canons of Dort teach us that election is this unchangeable purpose of God where he, out of this mass of sinners in his grace, chooses some to eternal life. It's not because they're more worthy, it's not because they deserve it, but it's because God has done it in his sovereign good pleasure. That's exactly what's happened to Abram, and it's exactly what happens to us. God calls us in his grace, and he does this in a variety of ways. You know, for many of you here this afternoon, God caused you to be born into a Christian family, And he didn't just do that arbitrarily, he did it because he wanted you to be part of his covenant family that you might hear his call. You didn't deserve that, but God in his grace gave that to you. And for others of us, God in his sovereign good pleasure may have called you later in life. You may have been living outside of the blessing of God and come to know him later on and come to accept his promises. Or perhaps you were for a time straying from the church and God called you back. It's these things that you haven't done anything, but God himself has come to you and he's called you. That's what we see in this first point is how God is, is a God of grace. How God comes to sinners and he calls to them to follow him. And not just to follow him, but also to receive Blessing. You know, God created the world that we might find joy and blessing in him. And even though mankind fell into sin, here in Genesis 12, God is calling Abram and he's calling all people to find that blessing again. And we'll see that blessing especially in our second point this afternoon, the promise of blessing. It's really amazing all of the things that God promises to Abram here in Genesis chapter 12. The first thing he says in verse 2 of chapter 12 is, I will make of you a great nation. And already we've seen Sarai was barren. But God in his grace and his power promises to bless Abram by making him into a great nation. Abram couldn't do that on his own. It was only through the blessing and the grace of God. And he goes on in verse 2 and he says, And I will bless you and make your name great. So that you will be a blessing. And again, here, these are amazing words. God is saying that He will bless Abram, but also through Abram, others will find blessing. And if you think about that in the context of the world up to this point, the world was one of wickedness. The world was one who did not seek God because of their sinful nature. And yet, God comes and He says to Abram, you will be a blessing to others. Then he goes on in verse 3 and he says, I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And again, these are remarkable words of God because what is God saying to Abraham in verse 3? He says, I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. God is essentially pledging that he will deal with other people in accordance with how those people have dealt with Abram. If people bless Abram, if they see that Abram has been blessed by God, and if they honor him because of it, God will bless that. But if someone were to come to Abram and not honor Abram, not desire his blessing, then that person would be under the curse of God. Of course, we know that this isn't only referring to Abram, but as God continues to reveal himself in Scripture, this is how God also deals with the nation that would come from Abram. And we know this to be true of the people of Israel as well. You can think with me, for example, of Numbers chapter 24. That's the area of Scripture where we read about Balaam. I'm sure the boys and girls among us know something about Balaam. He had been summoned by King Balak to attempt to curse the Israelites, but all he could do was bless them. And in Balaam's third oracle in Numbers 24, he says of the people of Israel, How lovely are your tents, O Jacob, your encampments, O Israel. And then he says this, Blessed are those who bless you, and cursed are those who curse you. God, through Balaam, is declaring that not only will he deal this way with Abram, but he'll also deal this way with the people whom he chose, the people of God, the people that would come from Abram. God's disposition towards people in the world depended on how they would deal with Israel. And we know, congregation, that this is exactly how God deals with his people from then all the way up until now. God loves his chosen people. God loved the people of Israel. He speaks of them in scripture as the very apple of his eye. And the same thing is true for us today, congregation as the New Testament Church of Jesus Christ. God loves his church. God sees what happens to his church. He sees whether people are blessing the church or whether they are dishonoring the church. And God will deal with each group of people accordingly. Think, for example, of what our Lord Jesus Christ says to Saul. Saul, on the road to Damascus, opposing the church of God, Jesus Christ appears to him in glory, and he says to Saul, 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 why are you persecuting me? What is Jesus saying here? Well, he's saying that people who who rage against the church, people who persecute the church of Jesus Christ, are in essence opposing him. They're raging against Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, from his exalted power and authority in heaven, puts an end to Saul's persecution because he sees what is happening to his church. But he did a lot more than that to Saul, didn't he, congregation? Jesus also showed the grace of God to Saul. He helped Saul to see that even though he was living as a zealous Pharisee, a Jew of Jew, even though he had been trying with all of his might to fulfill every aspect of Old Testament law, and even though Saul was a physical descendant of Abram, Saul was actually far from the blessing that God had promised in Genesis chapter 12. He was far from that blessing. He was not among the families of the earth being blessed by God. Because as it turned out, Saul was in fact far from faith in Jesus Christ. You know, how does it actually happen that that people become members of the family of God? What is it that makes you a member of the church of Jesus Christ? How is it that God can call to you a sinner, and desire you to be part of his people. You know, how is it possible that all this blessing that we've spoken of, this promise of blessing, how can it be yours? Well, congregation, these things are yours only through faith in Jesus Christ. And in fact, this is what Genesis chapter 12 also is speaking about. If you look at Genesis 12 at the end of verse 3, God says to Abram that in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And the question is, how would that happen? How would God bless all the families of the earth? Well, he would do it through that great, great son of Abram, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul says exactly these things in his letter to the Galatians. Paul says in Galatians 3, verse 7, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abram. And then listen to this. Paul says, And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you... Shall all the nations be blessed? So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Congregation, even though we are not worthy in any way to be called by God, God comes to us in His grace and He calls us to find blessing in Jesus Christ, to find it through faith in Him. To believe that Jesus Christ was the one who who bore our sins in his body as he suffered on the cross. To believe that Jesus rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and that he will come again to judge the living and the dead. God calls us to believe that he has promised us blessing through Jesus Christ because Christ is the one who will not only bruise the head of the serpent, but who will crush him forever and cast him into the lake of fire. This is what God is calling us to believe. God called Abraham to follow him in faith, to trust in what he was giving. God calls us this afternoon to believe that this is true, to respond to him in faith, to acknowledge that God calls us to his life of blessing through Jesus Christ. And the question is, how do you respond to that blessing? How do you respond to that call? Well, we can see how Abram responded, for starters, in verse 4. And so we come into our third point this afternoon, the response of faith. And it says in Genesis 12, verse 4, that Abram went as the Lord had told him. God calls him in verse 1. God says, go from your country. And Abram, without any questions, without any protest, simply goes. He even packed up all his possessions. You read about that in verses 4 and 5. He took all the things that he had with him and he set out to go to the land of Canaan. In no way was he planning to ever return to his old life. God had called him to a life of blessing, and he was following that call in faith. And of course, you can think about, for Abraham, that was not an easy thing to do. Abraham was 75 years old, and yet at this age, he was called to leave behind his his country, his kindred, his father's house, and go to the place he didn't know. But he did it all in faith, and that's what it says also in Hebrews 11. We read in Hebrews 11 verse 8, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. This is how Abraham responded to God's call. He responded in faith, even though he didn't exactly know what was coming. And this afternoon, God is calling to us as well, and he desires that response of faith. God is calling us to find our true and ultimate blessing through the great son of Abraham, Jesus Christ. He's calling us to leave behind that old life of of sin, that old life where you seek after the pleasures of this life. He's calling us to instead follow after Jesus Christ and find blessing in him. And the question is, how do you know that you found that blessing. What can you do to to cultivate a desire to find that blessing that God promises, that blessing that he calls you to? Well, you know that you found this blessing, congregation, when the great reality that God in his grace has called you a sinner to himself is the most precious thing to you. The truth of the gospel is more valuable than any earthly wealth. And you'll know that you've found the blessing of God when you start to understand that. And further, you'll know that you've found the blessing of God in Jesus Christ when that relationship that God has begun to work in you between him and his son Jesus Christ and you When that relationship is the most important relationship in your life, then you'll come to see that you are living in that blessing which God calls you. You know, it's possible that relationships in this life are more important than the one that we have with God. But congregations strive after that blessed communion you have with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, and find the blessing that God calls you to. And you'll know that you found that blessing... Further, when you are ready and willing to deny your own desires as you follow after Christ, putting obedience to him at the forefront in your life, in everything you do, and if you sense that God is perhaps calling you to follow him in a different way, you will consider that you won't be afraid to pull up your roots and go to where the Lord is leading And of course, you'll also know that you've found this blessing when you experience great joy in the Lord, even if life is maybe not going the way you want it to. And how can you have joy? Well, it's because you know, just like Abram knew, that you are nothing but a sojourner in this life. We are all walking through this life on a journey somewhere else and that somewhere else is the new heavens and the new earth. God's goal for us is not to put down deep roots in this life and to gain material wealth and to find success in the eyes of men. His goal, his desire for blessing is that we become rich towards him, that we look forward to that promise of eternal glory with him. And that is, in fact, exactly what kept Abram going. Abram had the eyes of faith and he could see far. He could even catch a glimpse of eternity. Now, it's true, he knew that God's promise that his descendants would physically dwell in the land of Canaan would come. But Abram was looking forward to far greater things than that. And that's what we read from in Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 9, it says, By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land. Living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to this city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And then it also says in verse 16, But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one, Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Abram knew that he would always be a stranger of sorts on this earth. But he was looking forward to that great day when he would be welcomed into the heavenly city of God, a city that God has prepared for them, a city with no more pain, no more grief, a city which has no need for sun and moon because the glory of God gives its light and the lamb is its lamp. And beloved congregation of Jesus Christ, it's this faith of Abraham following the call of God which God wants us to also follow. God calls us and he calls us again this afternoon to hear how he desires blessing for us in Jesus Christ. And he wants us to take hold of that in faith. Because it's through faith that we are blessed with an assurance that God in his grace has chosen us even before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him. It's through faith that we are blessed with the knowledge that God also blesses those who blesses us, but he curses those who dishonor us. God, in Jesus Christ, loves his church, and he will take vengeance on those who oppress his church. And it's through faith that we are blessed with a sure hope that we are also on our way to that city made without hands, that city where we will dwell with God and with a lamb forever, that city that we are going to, through this life towards. That's where the greatest and ultimate blessing is found. And when God says, I will bless all the families of the earth through you, this is what he is speaking of. And so God called Abram, And God, this afternoon, calls us to this life of blessing. So let us hear the call and respond in faith. Amen.